Hello! Welcome to Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Weldon. Today's story is called Catch of the Day, an adaptation of a Brothers Grimm fairy tale written for you by Daniel Hines. If you would like to support Stories Podcast and get every episode ad-free and a week early, subscribe to our Wondery Plus Kids feed on iTunes or your Apple Podcast app. We have Stories Podcast merch available at storiespodcast.com shop including a new Mick Munter design featuring Mick, Bigfoot, and Nessie. Check it out! We're also on Cameo for all of your personalized video message needs, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram, at Stories Podcast. If you send us a drawing of your favorite scene or character, we'll share it on our feed! Now here's a word from our sponsors. Hey, grown-ups. On the Nintendo Switch system, you can team up with friends in Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Where you can meet talking flowers. Life's full of surprises. And where piranha plants sing. <laughs> and where Mario, Luigi, and Peach turn into elephants. Wowie zowie! And where this announcer turns into a... Super tiny announcer! <laughs> That's not in the game. <clears throat> Sorry, got a little excited. Nintendo Switch, the home of Mario and friends. Game rated E for everyone. Game and system sold separately. Thanks. Enjoy the episode. Catch of the Day Once upon a time, there was a fisherman and his daughter, who lived together in a little shack near the sea. It was small and drafty, and on stormy nights you could feel the salty spray of the sea blow in through the cracks and gnarls in the wooden walls. Still, it had an iron stove to burn wood against the cold, and two comfortable beds in cozy little bedrooms, so it wasn't all bad. Every day, the fisherman, who was called Bream, went out fishing, his pole over his shoulder and a basket in his hand. They didn't have much, but he was a good fisherman, and he always managed to put fish on the table, even if it was fish stew, fried fish, fish tacos, and fish fillets on repeat. By the ocean, Bream settled in to his favorite spot, and cast his line deep out into the water. It had barely hit when it was snatched and pulled into the murky depths. Whoo, fish on, cried Bream, and he jerked the rod and started reeling. It was quite a battle, and with a final desperate heave, Bream pulled a giant fish flopping into his boat. Whoa there, he said as the fish flapped and flailed. It was some kind of giant flounder, except its scales were all the colors of the rainbow, shimmering enchanted in the sun. Wow, you're some kind of fish. Well, thank you, said the fish, making Bream nearly tumble out of his boat. Oh, you can talk, said the fisherman. How can you talk? Well, I'm not an ordinary fish, said the flounder. I'm magical, and I keep these waters safe. I won't taste good to eat, so if you value the ocean, you might as well put me back. (laughs) Bream nodded, eyes wide with wonder. I can't very well eat a fish that talks. (laughs) Back in you go. He flipped the fish back into the water. It waved a fin and then disappeared beneath the waves, leaving a trail of glowing glitter that slowly sank into the depths. Incredible, said Bream. Just incredible. He sat and fished some more, pulling out a couple of small, normal fish, and then packed up and headed home late in the afternoon. Hey, Dad, 
said his daughter, Trudy. What did you catch today? I caught a magic fish, he said. He was all colors and glowing glitter. He was so incredible, I knew we couldn't eat him, so I let him go. Oh, said Trudy. Did you get a wish? In the stories, magic fish always grant you a wish. No, said Bream, shaking his head. I didn't think of that. What should I have asked for? Well, said Trudy, who had clearly thought about this already, you might have asked for a little cottage to replace our shack. It doesn't have to be much. You know, just something to keep out the sea spray and the icy wind. Something a little neater and tighter. Maybe you can go back and ask. After all, you caught him and then let him go. In the stories, that's usually worth a wish. Bream didn't want to go back to the sea, but he did want to make his daughter happy. So he pulled on his coat and headed back to the shore. The sun was lower now, and the water sparkled in reflection. It was a beautiful night, and Bream drank it in before calling out, Manja, manja, timpy tea, flounder, flounder in the sea. Oh, you most of magic fish, my loving daughter wants a wish. For a long moment, nothing happened, and then the water nearby seemed to brighten and boil. It shined and shimmered, and then the flounder burst out in a great gold glitter spray, its rainbow body magnificent in the sun. It splashed down and then poked up its head, winking at Bream. Hello! I figured you'd be back for a wish, the flounder said, seeming to smile. And it's for your daughter! That's very sweet of you. I'd love to grant a little wish for you. The fisherman nearly burst into tears. It all seemed too good to be true. Thank you so much, he said. All we want is a little cottage. We live in a tiny shack right now, and the wind whips through like ice in your veins. The flounder nodded. A worthy wish. So you'll grant it? Bream asked eagerly. Go home, said the flounder. It's already done. Unsure, Bream turned and ran the short mile back to his shack. When he got home, he skidded to a stop in the dirt, gasping. Amazing, he said. His little shack was gone, replaced by a cozy cottage with pale smoke curling out of the chimney. Trudy was standing in the door and smiling. Isn't it wonderful, she said. Come in and see inside. She walked through and Bream followed, looking at their new kitchen and dining room and bedrooms and all the beautiful furnishings with pictures on the walls and even new brass cookpots and forks and spoons and all the rest. Out back, there was a perfect little yard with a little vegetable garden and berry bushes. This is incredible, said Bream. We can have a wonderful life here. He turned and swept up Trudy, giving her kisses as she laughed. How smart you are to ask for a wish. They explored every nook and cranny of their cottage and went to bed warm and happy, with the wind howling outside and not so much as a puff getting through the walls. Everything was marvelous for about a week. Trudy had quickly gotten used to the cottage and started wondering if they didn't wish a little too small. Dad, she said, this cottage is actually a little small. 
I was reading a book and I saw a picture of where the really rich people live. They have huge houses called mansions. You should go back to the flounder and tell him that what we really need is a mansion. Sweetheart, Bream said. We have everything we need now. What good will a mansion do? It'll make me happy. I can't go back already. I'll make the magic fish mad if I keep bothering him. Oh, it's just one more time, said Trudy. Besides, he can do it easy. And really, it's just more of the first wish. We just wished a little too small to start. Bream started to argue, and then he sighed. He couldn't say no to his daughter, even if he wanted to. Instead, he pulled on his jacket and walked to the spot on the shore he had first caught the magic flounder. The sea seemed darker now, the waves bigger. Manja, manja, timpy tea, flounder, flounder in the sea. Oh, you most of magic fish, my loving daughter wants a wish. With another explosion of water and light, the flounder appeared. A wish, he said. Didn't I just give you a wish? Yes, said Bream, holding his hat in his hands, head bowed. I'm sorry, but we made a mistake. My daughter would actually like to live in a mansion. The flounder looked at the man for a long time, and then he nodded. Your first wish was a little humble, and I understand kids want what kids want. Your cottage is now a mansion. Go home and see. And with another rainbow splash, the flounder dove into the water with a spray of sparkles. Bream ran home to find his cottage and yard and a part of the woods was gone, replaced with a giant mansion. His daughter was standing in the doorway, jumping up and down. Come and see, she said, taking her father's hand. She walked him through the front hallway, which had a marble floor. Numerous servants opened up large doors for them. The walls were all white and covered with beautiful tapestry. There were chairs and tables of pure gold. Crystal chandeliers hung from the ceilings. The rooms and chambers all had carpets. Food and the very best juice overloaded the tables until they almost collapsed. Outside the house, there was a large courtyard with the very best carriages and stalls for horses and cows. Furthermore, there was a magnificent garden with the most beautiful flowers and fine fruit trees and a pleasure forest a good half mile long, with elk and deer and hares and everything else that anyone could possibly want. Now, said Trudy, isn't this nice? For sure, said Bream. This is quite enough. We can live in this beautiful palace and be satisfied. Trudy nodded, and they went to sleep in their new giant feather beds. Things seemed fine for a week or more, but then Trudy started sitting in the high tower window, looking out at all the land around them, so far below. The next morning, she woke up first. It was just daylight, and from her bed she could see the magnificent landscape before her. After some thought, she went in and woke up her father. Dad. Look at all the land and people we can see from the top of the palace. Shouldn't you be the king? We already have the house, and then I would be a princess. Oh, honey, said Bream. Why would I want to be king? I don't want to be king. Well, I want to be a princess, 
and I can't be a princess unless you're a king, obviously. So go tell the fish you need to be king. Again, Bream thought about arguing, but it was no use. He couldn't tell his daughter no, even if she was getting spoiled. He went to the sea and found it darker and wavier than ever. Nervous, he called out, Manja, manja, timpy tea, flounder, flounder in the sea, oh, you most of magic fish, my loving daughter wants a wish. Lightning stabbed and thunder rolled and the flounder appeared. Ah, oh, go home, you're already king, said the flounder, and then he disappeared again an instant later. Bream went home, and when he arrived there, the palace had become much larger, with a tall tower and magnificent decorations. Sentries stood outside the door, and there were so many soldiers and drums and trumpets. When he went inside, everything was of pure marble and gold with velvet covers and large golden tassels. Then the doors to the great hall opened up, and there was the entire court. His daughter was sitting on a high throne of gold and diamonds. She was wearing a large golden crown, and in her hand was a scepter of pure gold and precious stones. On either side of her, there stood a line of maids-in-waiting, each one a head shorter than the other. Trudy, Bream said, you're a princess. And you're a king, she said, motioning to another empty throne. We have everything now. I'm happy to hear you say it, Bream said, relieved. He took his seat on the throne and everything seemed just about perfect for about a week. Bream came down into the library, a new addition to their giant palace, and found Trudy idly spinning a globe. Dad, she said, look at this globe. There's just so much of it. Did you know that the earth was so big? Our whole country is only this little corner over here. The world is a big place, Bream agreed, a little nervous and rightfully so. Why should I be the princess of only a little corner? I want to be the princess of the whole world. That is too much, said Bream. A few weeks ago, we lived in a shack. Now you are a princess with everything you could ever want. That should be enough. I want to be princess of the whole world, she said, stomping her foot. How did I let her get so spoiled? Bream thought to himself. I let this go too far, he said. We were perfect in the palace. We were cozy in the cottage. We were even happy in the shack. You need to be happy with what you have. Do you understand that? I do, said Trudy. I'm sorry, Dad. It's okay. Bream said with a smile. Just go get ready for bed, okay? Trudy nodded, but she didn't get ready for bed. As soon as her dad was gone, she snuck downstairs and right out the front of the palace. Before anyone could stop her, she ran barefoot down the path and came to the special place on the shore. Her father had told her the story many times now, so she knew just what to say. Manja, manja, timpiti. Flounder, flounder in the sea, oh, you most of magic fish, the loving daughter wants a wish. The sea churned and began to rage. The sun slipped below the horizon and full dark fell, followed by a horrible wailing, rushing, keening crash. 
Houses and trees were blowing over. The mountains were shaking and boulders were rolling from the cliffs into the sea. The sky was as black as pitch. There was thunder and lightning. In the water there were great black waves as high as church towers and mountains, all capped with crowns of white foam. In a flash of rainbow and lightning, the magic fish appeared in the center of a maelstrom, the ocean a writhing mass of fury. What is your wish? the fish asked, his voice carrying magically through the chaos. I want to be a princess, Trudy cried, clinging to a rock. You are a princess. Of a little corner of the map, I want to be princess of the whole wide world. Go home, the flounder said, and see. Trudy squealed and staggered home amid the storm that kept raging. She was expecting an even bigger palace, one truly worthy of a princess of her caliber. When she rounded the corner, though, she didn't see soaring towers and golden walls. No, there was only the original shack, the one they'd started with, rattling in the wind. No, said Trudy. No, 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 this can't be. She burst into the door and found her father sitting before their little stove. It was warm, but the wild wind drove in icy spray, and the walls seemed ready to fly apart. What happened to our palace? she asked. It seems that someone got greedy, Bream said. I thought I'd talk to you about this earlier. It's all gone, Trudy cried, and her father came and wrapped her in a tight hug. It's not all gone. You still have me, and we still have our little stove and our beds and our four walls and a roof. Sure, the gold and the servants are gone, but we still have everything we need. That's true, said Trudy, wiping the tears from her eyes. Still, I'm sorry I ruined it. That's okay, sweetie, Bream said. It's easy to get carried away, and now you've learned the lesson. I did said Trudy. Only, I wish I could learn the lesson and keep the palace, too. Bream laughed loud and long. We all wish that, he said. But lessons, the ones worth learning, they aren't free. They cuddled in front of the fire, happy to still have each other. That night, they went to sleep in their drafty little shack. But when they woke up... Dad! Trudy shouted, laughing. Wake up! You have to see! Bream blinked open his eyes and saw Trudy dancing around a new kitchen. Their shack was gone, and once more they had the cozy little cottage from their first wish. I guess the flounder decided you'd learned your lesson, he said. I sure did, said Trudy. I love this cottage, and I couldn't ask for anything more. Bream looked at her with a small smile. I mean, okay, I could ask for more, but I won't, she said, and they both laughed. I have everything I need right here. The End Today's story, Catch of the Day, was an adaptation of a Brothers Grimm fairy tale written for you by Daniel Hines, edited and produced for you by Andrew Martin, and performed for you by me, Amanda Weldon. If you would like to support Stories Podcast, you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes. 
Get ad-free episodes and early access when you subscribe to our Wondery Plus Kids feed on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Check out all of our merch available at storiespodcast.com shop. Commission a special video on Cameo. Follow us on Instagram at storiespodcast. Or simply tell your friends about us. We wanted to let all of you know that we've just launched our official YouTube channel at youtube.com slash stories podcast. If you've ever wanted to read along with us, these videos are just for you. They feature the text of the stories nice and big on the screen, with each word highlighted as I read it, so you can match up the way it looks with the way it sounds. YouTube also lets you change the play speed, so depending on your level, you can slow down the narration to follow along. They're great for new readers, storybook time, English language learners, and even just for listening. And in the future, we plan on adding more read-alongs, some live storytime readings, Q&As, and more. Check it out at youtube.com slash stories podcast. Thanks for listening. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Stories Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen early and ad-free with Wondery Plus Kids in Apple Podcasts. Grown-ups, before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Hello! We're so thrilled to share that we've partnered with some incredible brands that we think you're going to love. Parents, if you're looking for items like a helper tower to get your kids more involved in the kitchen or fresh activity books to work on while the family is listening to their favorite podcasts, look no further than the Stories Shop. All you have to do is go to starglowmedia.com stories to check out family-friendly brands curated by the Stories team just for you. That's starglowmedia.com slash stories.